of 90s teen horror. I'm Heather Parry and with me is my co-host Kirsty Logan. Hi Heather. Hello. <laughs> and today we are talking about Robot Stein's 1991 classic, The Babysitter 2. The Babysitter. She's oh, back. Because um, the first one was 89, wasn't it? If I remember rightly. Oh yeah. It took him two years to write this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he wrote about another ten. Yeah, that's true. In the meantime, because I didn't realise how early Fear Street was as well. How early? Because he that? did the Fear Street ones. Because I remember them as being like quite late on. Yeah, I would think so too. Mm -hmm. Hasn't he written a new Fear Street? <laughs> Has he? I think so. I saw something about him on Twitter the other day. Oh. Exciting robot news. Except. <laughs> We don't know what it is. <laughs> Exciting, vague robot news. I I'm just know saying about that. Do you think it's going to have like chatbots and. I, oh I got, why the fuck did I think of that? I'm trying to think of like 2018 things. A what am I talking about? Is it going to have like um, Tinder? <laughs> it's all about sex robots. Yeah. Mm, is it? No. No. If only. Okay. Tell me about the cover of. The Babysitter 2, which we can't refer to my book because I have the special edition, which has got one of those like weird shiny metallic covers. Um, so we'll need to, to look at the, the proper classic. Kirsty Logan, that was some brilliant that fluff. Some good waffle? That was <laughs> Kirsty doing brilliant fluff while I very quickly Googled it. Um, oh god, no, there's too many options here. Oh my god, there's so wait, many. Wait. Babysitter 2. Okay. So, Ooh, what we've got here... So versions, all right. Yeah, I'm going to go with this one. Okay. Um, what we've got here is a front door. You know in American movies where they have, like, a porch? Yeah. It's very much like that. And they always have a storm... Not a storm door. What's a screen door. A screen door. Which I don't really understand. Is it's that for, for bugs? Bugs, okay. To keep bugs out. So <laughs> if it's only like we when had... it's hot, you can have the door open, but the bugs don't come in, which we don't need because we only have about two hot days a week. <laughs> and we're like, bugs. Please, Please come, come in. in, bugs. <laughs> well, they would be allowed to go into this house because there's no screen door and um, the girl's name? Jenny. Jenny! <laughs> I had Jenny Laney in Jeffers. my head then. Laney. Laney. That's not... No, that's from Freeze Tag? Is she called Laney? No, she's called Lanny Anvil. Oh. Um, well, then you've just made up Laney. <laughs> so Jenny, not Laney, um, is presumably through the door. She's wearing a navy blue jumper, which I think is quite nice, quite Ooh. new. And blue denim jeans. Oh, God. I can't wear blue denim. It's no. too 90s, isn't it? I look like such a twat in it. I don't have blue denim, actually. I only have black yeah. jeans. Yeah. Although you work. always slag me off for my denim jacket, which I don't think is 90s. I think it's just I neutral. I you It's off. a neutral classic. I love that jacket. <laughs> <laughs> but I say it's not, I don't think it's 90s. I think it's just like neutral. It's come back in. It was never out. <laughs> it's like a leather jacket. Like it's just always there. 
I've just got my first proper leather jacket and I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, You're the worst vegan. <laughs> I know. Well, it's not cow's leather. Well, what is it then? A cheap leather. But still an animal. <laughs> I know, I know. It wasn't even secondhand. Do you like cows better than sheeps? Well, is that I why? just wasn't aware. Oh, okay. Okay. It was £700 off, that jacket. Well, that's what TK Maxx told you. <laughs> yeah, I mm. believe them. Um, I believe them as well, but I've bought some stuff that I'm like, there's no way that ever sold for that upper price. I don't know, they had a Vivian Westwood red silk shirt for £100, which I almost bought just because it was so much cheaper than it would have been. Yeah. Um, but not if you don't want it. Yeah, I don't know if I, I would have I don't know about a red it. silk shirt. I think I'd look like a pirate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Or just, like, it would be a weird 90s look, a silk shirt. I'm imagining, like, it's like a really baggy shirt, like Richard O'Brien and Crystal <laughs> Maze. <laughs> I would 100% dress as Richard O'Brien. Yeah, that's true. He probably had an eye patch, actually, didn't mm. he? Wear, like, costumey oh, stuff like that. I think he like did that. have an eye patch. Oh, I thought he just wore very costumey stuff. Maybe. Maybe. Isn't Richard O'Brien a woman, though? Oh, I don't know. Uh... Shall I do some more very swift Googling? Go on then. Do um, I have to waffle to fill the time? Well, we can just I genuinely... I used to make me quite sexually confused as a child because <laughs> I wasn't sure if I fancied him or if I was afraid of him, which there's a few people that I feel like that about. Like, um, what's her name out of The Little Mermaid? Ursula. She makes me sexually confused because I'm like, I'm, is she scary? Is she sexy? Is she both? I don't know. Confusing. Ah, okay. In a 2009 interview... O'Brien, who is 76. He's not. Yeah. Spoke about an ongoing struggle to reconcile cultural gender roles and described himself as being transgender or possible third sex genderqueer. Oh, Mm. I'm not actually surprised by that. There is a continuum between male and female. Some are hardwired one way or another, and I'm in between. He always did play with, like, gender stuff, didn't he, even back in the 90s? Oh, yeah. And he talked about taking oestrogen. Oh. Hmm. Well, I've learned something today. Yeah, haven't we all? <laughs> he pro- age 70, he proposed to... St- oh, <laughs> I thought it said Steffi Graf. That would be a twist. <laughs> no, it's not her. And oh. they got married. Anyway, back to the... Okay, there we bunker. go. I thought it was going to be like, he proposed to Steffi Graf that she should do so-and-so thing. Or like, <laughs> didn't realise it meant marriage proposal. Anyway, okay, babysitter two. Yeah, so it's in sort of uh, neon pink... Um, with a yellow drop shadow, bold, mm, yeah, bold. That's a choice, isn't it? So she's. What does I like that, that say? pink? That's such a nineties pink. It says that hot pink. It's very Saved by the Bell, isn't it? Knock knock. Who's there? Don't ask. That's Which is shit. the worst that is joke. Appalling. That's like a joke a four year old would tell. Why have they done that and not like what he actually says to her on the phone? Mm. I do. I don't think the cover designers read the read book. the book. No, I don't think so. I mean, it's very short. Oh, so I don't they could think... just read it. Yeah. Well, I can see why they wouldn't want to. Well, we have. I liked it. <laughs> I know that face, right? Well, I... But this is my favourite robot, Stein. I also have thoughts, but I won't okay, spoil cool. them. We'll get right into them. Anyway, okay. okay, here we go. Here's what the book's about. Jenny Jeffers. We know her. She's back. Uh, she's got her dark brown hair and her round black eyes because, um, heaven forbid, we don't know a character's hair and eye colour constantly. Um, I think every character who's introduced, we immediately learn their hair and eye colour. Well, I can't visualise anyone if I don't have no. that information. I don't know the eye colour of most people that I know. What's I s- mine? I'm covering up my eyes I right think now, we've had so this conversation before and you said they were hazel. Yes, they are. But I wouldn't have known that. Yours are blue? Yeah. 
but see, you don't know, do you? No, it's quite, quite a dark room. You really look as well, at so. like what color people's eyes are, unless they're a really distinctive color, like gray. Yeah, and well, I don't know if I'd really notice that. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, she's back. Um, she is not surprisingly based on the first book, The Babysitter, is traumatized, and she they do this quite clunky they robots writing team (laughs) do quite a clunky way of telling us the plot of the first babysitter book because jenny is telling her therapist what's happened which is the plot of the first book brilliant um and that she's still having nightmares which are quite horrible actually Mm -hmm. about mr han mr han (laughs) as we called him um which is not really surprising that she's having nightmares you would be you would Ironically, I think the part about her telling the old story is better than written better than it was in the original book. I think this book <laughs> is written way better than the last one. Yeah, apart from um, this line on page one, Donnie had the most amazing white blonde blonde hair you ever saw. Oh no! White blonde blonde hair. Copy editor. I don't know though because white blonde is hyphenated and then blonde isn't, so I think he meant to do that. No, that's terrible. Right, white blonde blonde. Right, white blonde white blonde. blonde blonde. White blonde blonde hair. <laughs> <laughs> that's rotten. No, that's a typo, surely. <laughs> uh, anyway, now the one problem with her retelling this story is that she says, I always wanted to quit that job. My mom convinced me to stay. That's not how I that's remember not true it at all. Her mum mom didn't convince her to stay. No, she was she they needed the money. Yeah. But her mum didn't say that. No. She decided to stay. Her mum didn't give an opinion one way or the other. Don't shit talk, Mrs. Jeffers. Mm -hmm. Robot Stein, I feel like we know your book better than you do. Did you read it? I probably can't remember. He's like, oh, I usually do a bitchy mother, don't I? So So I probably did. I mean, I do think she's a pretty rotten mum. Yeah. But she didn't try and convince Jenny to stay in this job. No, no. It's not how I recall it. Um, Also, luckily, she has now dumped Chuck. Thank fuck. He's well, yes. the worst. Yes, but as we'll see. Well. Mm-hmm. Do you not like the other guy? No, I mean... Well, well, well okay. We'll yeah, right. It. Chuck was a fucking asshole, so I'm glad. However, he's now a suspect. <gasps> um, Because he didn't take it very well. Uh, which I'm like, well, big surprise. Because not to entirely put the blame on you, Jenny, but you did repeatedly tell him that when you said no, you meant yes. And when you said come round, don't come round, and he came round, you wouldn't really mind. Yeah. And when she said, don't come in, and he came in, you wouldn't really mind. You need firm boundaries. So I'm not really surprised that he's not really taking no for an answer. I mean, he should take no for an answer, but I'm not that surprised. Yeah. He's a real dick about it, though. Oh, like he's the way fucking He's writer. actually the worst. Like, any man that you've ever said no to, and then they turn into a real prick, uh, it's, it's him in this book. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could say we won't because we don't think that much of Robot, but it could be on purpose that he's being, like, the ultimate... Um, Whiny man baby. Yeah, that's exactly you what he's like. hurt me. Oh, wow. Wow. Sorry, I almost, got, on it. I almost got pushed into a pool of piranhas, yeah? Yeah, right? Calm down. And, like, he... Well, we'll get into what he does later, but he's still like, but you hurt me. Like, fuck off. Mm-hmm. I've got fuck notes. right off, you actual dick. Um, yeah, well, we don't like Chuck. Can I also just um, pull out another thing from this beginning bit? Pull it all the way out. She says, she says to her therapist, i.e. reader, then he starts to stagger <laughs> towards me like Frankenstein. Now, 
Right. I don't want to be one of those people that's like, it's Frankenstein's monster. But if you're writing it in a fucking book, get I mean, it right. the point is that Jenny would make that mistake. Again, you're being very kind towards I know, Robot Stein. I quite like <laughs> this book because I normally hate the Robot Steins. But I quite like this one. I thought it was much better and there were bits I really liked about it. I thought the beginning was actually really good. Mm-hmm. Like the way it ran on. Uh, <laughs> wait, that made it sound like a negative. Uh, the way it runs on from the last one. Um, but like kind of like <laughs> it would be really good if the last one hadn't ended with a quip. Oh, yeah. Then it it would be that you could just read the two straight through almost because mm-hmm. it almost like picks up straight afterwards. Yeah, like if he hadn't done the quip, it could lead on quite well and be much better. But he just can't resist it. Can't resist a quip. And they're always really bad. So what was the quip at the end of the last one? <sighs> That's right, Chuck said, um, taking Jenny's hand. She has a steady babysitting job on Friday nights, Mrs. Jeffers. What? Jenny's mother looked very confused. From now on, she's babysitting me, Chuck said. I feel like that's true, though, because he is a man-baby. Well, yeah. He does require babysitting. So then what's the next line of the first one? Aye. The the next one, I mean. The first first line (laughs) of the next one. Aye. I killed him, Jenny said. I wish she'd killed him. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Robot, give us the book we want to read. Yeah, right? Have her kill Chuck. Have her chuck him off a cliff. I feel like I I killed him is actually a really good start for Robot. Because mm. I feel like I killed him. I I killed him. Oh no! I thought you thought you said it. Feel I feel oh, no, like I, feel, I killed him. I that feel like it's better. a good yeah. Because she didn't really kill him. No. But she feels like she does. Anyway, I'll go back into that because I have an alternate reading. Well, it's not really. It's the same reading, but I'm giving Robot Stein way more credit than I usually would. Oh, okay, Ooh, interesting. Clearly, I was in a good mood when I read this. Um, so this therapist. Can we talk about this therapist? Because yeah. I'm really not sure about him at all. I'm going to do a quote. Narrowing his green eyes and concentration, he popped the cassette from the machine and began to label it with his pen. And he has to narrow his eyes and concentration to, like, take a tape and write on it. That Maybe I'm like, it's really dark. I'm just like, how? why do you have to concentrate so hard on this? Mm. Why are basic mechanical <laughs> actions so difficult for you? Like, are you sure you're qualified? He's a robot. Therapist? He's a robot. <laughs> That's why. I just don't think much of him no at all i mean he gets worse doesn't he he really does jenny likes him though she fancies him he's got his wavy copper hair and his sparkling eyes i can get that though because i also fancy anyone who is doing anything to me that feels vaguely intimate or is in a position of authority that i don't hate do you fancy a dentist oh no no who fancies a dentist well that's what i'm asking Mm. it seems like you're saying because that's intimate they're like putting their hands in your mouth. I bet if I had a therapist, I would fancy them. Really? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. She said fancy all my uni tutors. Oh, what? Me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I fancied one of mine, to be fair. I fancied at least three. My friend fancies her GP. Um, <laughs> so she has to always hope, if she has to go to the GP with anything, she always hopes that he's not there and she has to get somebody else. Because once or twice she's had something embarrassing wrong and she doesn't want to tell them. <laughs> So she like plays it down and says it's something else, which is like, what's the point then of yeah, going what is the point? <laughs> you need a different dog to me. You do, you do. You can't fancy your GP, that's no good. I did have a thing where I, um, when I first moved to Edinburgh, because I'd been out of the country for like six years, I had to sort of have a lot of like uh, the usual stuff sort of like checked over. 
Um, making that so mysterious. Well, no, like I, like oh, I don't fucking get. I hadn't had like a smear test in ages, oh. and also like my grandma had really aggressive breast cancer, so they like are a bit more careful around women in our oh. family. So I had like a boob grab and a <laughs> finger poke within a week. And I was like, by the end of it, I was like, so should I take you out for dinner? (laughs) 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 I mean, (laughs) Miss Doctor, I feel very close with you right now. I had a smear once. The the GP made me feel quite grubby. Like, not on, I don't think on purpose. I think he just had terrible bedside manner because he like did the smear and then he like turned away and he went, okay, you can put your clothes back on now. And I was like, oh my God. See, I feel so dirty. I had the opposite where this woman was like, oh, everything looks lovely down there. <laughs> and you're like, thanks. Thanks, I grew it myself. Just for you. <laughs> if you like uh, what you see. <laughs> Here's my card. Yeah, it's a weird, uh, weird thing. Yeah. I feel like they have to be careful how they phrase things. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Everything looks lovely down there. Oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks mate. That's nice. Um, yeah. Anyway, Jenny fancies him. Um, also, I found this a bit. Ugh, is she also comments on the way he fingers his silver and jade desk clock? Which I was like, Ugh. one ugly clock. Yeah. Two, stop fingering your clock. Don't finger the clock. What are you doing? But she like <laughs> notices him doing this as if it's hot in some way. Like finger this clock this horrible clock <laughs> excuse me sir do not finger your horrible clock Please. when i'm talking to you stop touching time yeah oh um the other thing that he does which i'm like i don't think you should be seeing this clearly not very clever therapist anymore that he puts his hand on her shoulder but then when she opens the door and they see that the receptionist is there, he quickly removes his hand, which I'm oh, like, red that flag. is suspicious. Red also, flag. I was like, mechanically, does that make sense? Because are they standing up, like, near the door? Because I imagine... How that, tall is he? Yeah, because I imagine that they were, like, still sitting down. So that's the ambulance come to take the therapist. The ambulance police have come to take the therapist away. My flat is so noisy. Yeah. I swear to God. I don't hear any sounds apart from when we're trying to record in here. I guess you're just more aware of it hmm. when we're recording. Well, can, my belly should start in about 15 minutes. So. You can tell when we're at Heather's or when we're at mine, because when we're at mine, it's the mysterious beeping watch that we can't find. And when <laughs> or we're Rosie. At Heather's, or Rosie. And when we're at Heather's, it's the um, it's sirens. It's men at work. <laughs> or men sawing wood, which we don't have this time, which is nice. Give it five minutes, you never yeah. know. Um, yeah, I'm a bit sus about that. Like, well, mechanically, I imagine they were still sitting down and he kind of like leant over and put his hand. So then what is she like leaning across try and opening and crawl the door? Out of the door. <laughs> or like, I just mechanically can't understand that. Yeah. It's like he doesn't know humans. It's like he's a robot. <laughs> a robot. Robot. Okay, anyway, so Jenny is seeing this therapist because she's about to start a new babysitting job. Yeah. Is this a good idea, Jenny? It is. It is in real world. Is it, It though? is. Is it? If, like, get back on the horse. It's a freak occurrence. Never going to happen again. You know, it's like... I don't um, know. It's like if you have a car crash, you want to get back in a car straight away because you'll never get back... You know what I mean? You'll psych yourself out too much. But do, but do you want to get back in the same car no i mean if it was well, the like, same family like, say, you, say you had a crash in a toyota you wouldn't be like i specifically must get back in a toyota 
No, you if, do, but that's what I'm saying. She should do another job, another <laughs> type of job. I think it, in real life, I'd be like, yeah, go and babysit someone for a little while, get over your fear of like being in different people's houses and that sort of thing. In horror world, awful idea. <laughs> like, it's never a good idea. Immediately, no, you can't do it. Have you not although, seen Halloween? Although the babysitting job doesn't lead to ruin as we'll find out. Well, true. That's not why she's targeted. So but it's still a horrible idea. Job. It's, yeah, it's it's pure idea. chance that she was not also taken up to a piranha pit and tried to be pushed in. Yeah, I don't think there were piranhas. Wasn't that the other book? Or We've had at least piranhas? two with piranhas. Oh, I don't know. Anyway, so... Was it off a cliff? Because we've had two. Oh, no. There was definitely one with a piranha that was a robot stein. Yeah. Hitchhiker? But no, the, no, the piranhas was in the train. And the hitchhiker. Yeah, but yeah. not in the other babysitter. Ah, uh, right, okay. We're doing multiverse again. Yeah. We're trying to link them all together. All water has piranhas in it, in my head now. Yes. Don't be drinking that tea. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so she's going to babysit a 10-year-old called Eli Wexner. Uh, because even though she's traumatised, she says she needs the money. And she also says, quote, there's no real reason not to. I mean, there is a reason not to. There's a really obvious reason not to. Is Am I the only one? Why does the therapist not go, well, to be fair, there is a reason. You did. I no, I, know, think, I think she would voice. be fine. If it was real life, I'd be like, yeah, sure, do it. Oh, come what are on. the odds? What are the odds? Well, what were the odds in the first place? <laughs> yeah, that, but double, because that's well. how probability works. <laughs> anyway, then it was also like, I'm clearly, I have some high opinion of robot that's come out of nowhere, but I was like, <laughs> Is this a scathing criticism of American capitalism? That she's a traumatised child, but she needs money so badly that she will re-enter the site of her trauma. Now, I would love it <laughs> if that was the case, um, but it's 100% not. Oh, I just... You're being really that. kind there. I know, but it would be good, though. You've brought a critical... Ana- you've brought a class analysis to this book, where there deserves to be none. I have further analysis of this book. Clearly, I... <laughs> was procrastinating really hard on the deadline and so I was like desperate for some kind of intellectual work so I just made this my intellectual work <laughs> even though it does not deserve it. Uh, oh yeah, a couple of plot points. Um, he tape records all the sessions and also his secretary, Miss Gurney, has a cold which a lot is given to. Uh, no point. It doesn't go anywhere. No. There's no point. But we spend a lot of time hearing about how she's got a cold and her voice is throaty and she's sniffling and oh, she's well, got a handkerchief. I can see why then. Oh, kind of. Yeah. Anyway, that's why I included them as like, make note of these plot points. Um, while we're here, can I just read probably my mm, first or second favourite line in this book? <gasps> Joint favourite. Don't start thinking things. That's the it. therapist That's says. it. Don't start thinking things. <laughs> don't don't start thinking things. Don't you worry your pretty little head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't start thinking anything. Ah, ever. Don't use your brain. All right, then. So then Jenny's outside. Fucking Chuck. Oh. I'm just going to call him fuck, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I have actually written what the fuck, Chuck. Fuck face. Yeah. I'm going to call him. Chases her and makes bad jokes and is generally just the worst, the fucking worst. Okay, don't chase, don't chase someone who's traumatized. Just don't chase someone. Oh, don't no, so, chase them. So we lose the murderer, but we get to keep the consent-free creep. Great. That's not a positive. No, but I think he's there as the very obvious red herring. Mm. Like because he's very heavily redded. <laughs> herring. So red. 
He's so red. He is a bright red herring. <laughs> However, I quite like that bit, that scene. Yeah. I think it's really good because it's raining really heavily. There's no one around. Um, all the colours get all blurred and they're too bright. Like all the lights are reflecting off the wet street and then all the colours get all twisted like the sky is green and the grass is blue and it reminded me actually of our favourite CBC Caroline Bicuni. The perfume? I feel like that's something she would do mm. it was like a scene out of the perfume can't you just imagine Dove Daniel doing that like going oh God, out where am I? It, yeah exactly like going out into the street and it's raining and she's like all oh, the colours are all twisted and it felt very CBC to me. Yeah I thought okay. it was quite good actually. Maybe he's been learning. Maybe he read a CBC. Off the master. Because I was thinking CBC would have had some out by 91. Mm. Mm-hmm. So Robot Art took up his game. I think so. Yeah, okay, I I'm can go with that. Or oh, maybe she ghost wrote this. Although there's too <laughs> many, there's too many, if you've got your Robot Stein bingo card, you're going to be checking off all the fucking boxes. Oh my God, yeah. All the boxes. In White blonde blonde hair? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Not just once, but yeah. twice. You get to take that box twice. The white blonde blonde hair. Um, yes, yeah, so I quite like that bit. I think it's pretty good. I'm just going to leave that there. That's that's about as good as it's going to get. I'm not really going to say anything that nice about the rest of it. I think the first half of it is very good. Mm. Well, very is probably... I think the first half of it is good. Better than we expected. (laughs) Yeah, and then um, it really drops off. Mm, Yeah. Quite heavily. The ending is a fucking punch in the face. (laughs) It's awful. It's awful. Anyway, we'll get there. So then she goes to the Wexner's house to babysit Eli. And it's very different to the Hans... Which, as you remember, was like a big, kind of spooky, crumbling house in the woods and like really old and decrepit. Whereas this one, it's really modern and neat and bland. And inside, it's all white leather and glass, like in the perfume. Mm. He's fucking read the perfume. He's ripping her off. Although, I think the perfume perfume is 93. Oh my god, maybe she ripped this off. (gasps) No, No, CBC wouldn't do that. She wouldn't do that. She wouldn't. Please. Um, We are told that uh, (laughs) the kid. I'm going to just read the sentence. Eli is quite mechanical. (laughs) Is he also a robot? robot. He's literally, this is going to be the twist in the third one, isn't it? Everyone's a robot. robot. She's living in like Westworld and everyone except her is a robot. Eli is quite mechanical. I just love that. I mean, we'll get on to Eli because I have much to say about him. What a shithead. So first we meet the Wexners. We've got Michael, and I know you quite fancied Hottie Hahn. I don't (laughs) think you fancy Mr. Wexner. No, not at all. He's called Michael. He's a bit wimpy. He's short and slight and balding. Must have had a hat. Must have worn his hat too Mm -hmm. much. Men, stop it. Chinos. I'm like, you cannot fancy a man in chinos. I don't really know what a chino is. It's like those kind of khaki trousers okay. but like not combat ones yeah. they're well they're just rotten like slacks yeah kind of oh no okay i'm with you i know what they are yeah yeah you okay. just can't you just can't fancy a man in chinos ever and then we also have rena who speaks in a high whispery voice <laughs> oh i just go fucking michael Tick. jackson constantly <laughs> like the only character voice that i could ever do is michael jackson shaman motherfucker she's got a high whispery Oh, that's horrible. That hurts my throat. She paints watercolours. She's tiny. She's got short blonde hair and three diamond earrings in her left ear. And also, she's wearing a long sleeve t-shirt, shorts and sandals. Where the fuck are they going? Yeah. Why is she wearing diamond earrings and then shorts and a t-shirt? Where are they going? <laughs> she's come round in the evening to babysit. 
they're not going for dinner, surely. They're going to play tennis. He's got chinos on, but she's got shorts and a t-shirt on. Where are they going? Also, having someone paint watercolours is the cheapest way to make them like a reedy sort of pushover (laughs) character, isn't it? Come on. It's the worst sort of cliche. Like they're watery. Oh, they're watery. Are you trying to imply something there, robot? Yeah. Well done. Nice one, robot. Maybe we should sign up for his masterclass. Maybe we should. I feel like I would learn quite a lot. I feel like it'd be very expensive. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think, do you know, I think you don't sign up for each individual masterclass. I think you subscribe uh-huh. to the masterclass website. Okay. And then you can watch as many as you want. Because there's like Margaret Atwood and people like that on it as well. I'm going to look how much it is. Okay, you look it up. I will tell you more about Eli. So Michael and Rena say that Jenny has to be firm with Eli, but not too firm. And also try not to upset him, which is a bad fucking sign. See if, unless a parent has said that their child has got some kind of diagnosed additional support need and they say try not to upset them yeah. they're a fucking brat yes absolutely agree and there's no excuse for that i've got to say annie my wife works with kids with additional support needs and she has got patience forever for all eternity with kids um who have an additional support need and but see if they haven't fuck no yeah because they know better there's no reason that they can't be well behaved yeah exactly they can learn it from you yeah you're the adult you're Mm -hmm. supposed to i mean it's not necessarily the kid's fault but it's somebody's fault for sure oh my god (laughs) this is amazing okay so <laughs> how, how much is the robot stein masterclass okay one so okay so, are you sure you don't work for the robot stein masterclass <laughs> you mention it a lot i just can't believe he's had the audacity to do one i mean but why is audacity massively successful true he has the type of success that i'm sorry we can only dream of yeah maybe we are never going to sell so as many books as robot stein well for just a 170 pound a year you get access to all of the classes i mean that's pretty good. It's pretty good he's done 28 lessons what um, 28 things could he be talking about? One, introduction. Two, the idea store. Three, other rich sources of ideas. Four, getting from plot to from idea to plot outline. Five, surprise endings and cliffhangers. No, you ain't got Stein. no business no, teaching that, thank friend. You. Um, six, plot twists and tricks. Seven, case study. Blah, 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 blah. Um, the, key, the key to scary writing. POV. Um, how to hook readers right, right away. How to scare your readers. <laughs> Mixing horror and humour. Have you ever been You can't scared? just write a quip at the end. Have you ever been scared reading a Robot Stein book? No. Well, maybe as a kid. Well. Actually, yeah. Surely it... this is aimed at people who write for kids, though. Yes. So, fair enough. Number 22. Borrow from your influences. Mm. I rip off Stephen King. <laughs> and then mention him in all your books. <laughs> Which he does get a mention in here. Oh, my God. 20 story ideas for you. We can take them and write our podcast, uh, I mean, Point Horror Redux. Oh, yeah. Series out of them. Oh, my God, maybe it should. That sounds great. Friends, I think that's quite a bargain. Friends, if you want us to pay for the masterclass, yeah. <laughs> feedback to you how bad this is. Get on that Patreon. We Please. We will happily sign up for it. On Patreon, we'll do we'll it. watch for all you. the Robot Stein videos and then tell you what they say. Oh, God, what a great day that would yeah, be. Yeah, it would be amazing. Um, anyway, let's get back to Eli. So yes, quite so mechanical. we meet him. He's very mechanical. It, he's super socially awkward. And he's built a phone and a computer. And he also has three pet tarantulas. I've written autistic or just an ass. <laughs> I think an ass. Do you think just an ass? I mean, yeah. he definitely hasn't been diagnosed with anything. No, and he's like, he doesn't struggle socially. 
He's just a shit. He does struggle. He's really out of control. I feel like the whole way through, I'm like, should this traumatised teenager really be looking after this kid who's got real behavioural problems? Yeah, but I don't think he... I don't think he has social issues. Like, he's not... Uh... He can, he can, like, talk to her yeah. quite easily and, like, develop that relationship. But then, yeah, he doesn't know but how to But his behave. emotional reactions are not yeah, I think he's healthy. just a spoiled little shithead. Well, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, he's a bit of a shithead. Also, this has got really funny because the sun has gone down quite a lot since we started recording this podcast. <laughs> so we're sat here in a really dark room. <laughs> Talking about shitty books. Weirder and weirder. <laughs> also, for some reason, you've got your arm down. So, to me, it looks like you've lost an I don't know why I'm doing that. I'm, like, sitting on this chair because there's a table in front of me. I'm, You're like, manspreading. sitting on a chair, badly manspreading my legs. And I'm also, like, sitting on my other hand. So, I do <laughs> look quite odd. <laughs> you look like a male amputee. And I'm, like, trying not to move too much so like, that I don't <laughs> knock my mic as well. But it, from my angle, it looks like your left um, sleeve of your cardigan is hanging down. Like, and the way people who, like, lost a, an arm mm. in the war used to let it sort mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. turn It's really tripping me out, man. Do you like it? Do, <laughs> do this all the time? <laughs> Please stop looking at me. <laughs> oh, good. All I right. love it. It's great. And then we meet Jenny's friends. They are called Claire and Rick. So I guess she ditched her pal from the last one. Yeah. I, mean, I couldn't remember what her name was. She was quite nice, though. Yeah, but she hadn't they been friends, like, since they were kids? Yeah, and then she just... No, apparently she just doesn't see her. that friend anymore. Yeah. Which I'm kind like, dick. fair enough, maybe she'd gone through a trauma, you want to cut all the ties, but then I'm like, why... She wasn't involved. She still talks to Chuck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he was know. involved, and he was a fucking dick. Although, was her friend that nice? She did bring that guy around just to bang him in the other room. Oh, yeah. That's pretty standard, though. <laughs> Haven't we all done that? No. <laughs> Please don't come to my house just to bang someone in the other room. Oh, damn it. <laughs> my house is not a crash pad. <laughs> So, we meet them. Um, they have pizza. Actually, the only thing that anyone eats in this entire book is pizza. Fair, fair enough. I feel like they probably need to get a bit more protein and veg in their diets. It's going to get scurvy. I know. Well, yeah. no, I think there's... In, in tomatoes, <laughs> they've got vitamin C. <laughs> you only need a tiny bit of vitamin C to not get scurvy. Okay. It's so just even, a waste. Even, <laughs> even people with terrible diets tend not to get scurvy because... In tomatoes and potatoes, there's vitamin C. Ah, okay. And people who maybe don't have very good diets would tend to eat some potatoes or tomatoes. Okay, well, that's good. There you go. If I am constantly hungover where I can only eat potatoes, I'll be fine then. You're not going to get scurvy. Okay, good. It's good to know. It is. It's useful. Also, lime, really lime in a cocktail. Something oh, like. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right enough. I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about scurvy particularly. Of I, all I, the things. I lose sleep. Of all the things I lose to, to worry about. Okay. Um, Jenny then browses at the mall. I mm-hmm. won't go over like what they do when they're having a conversation because it's completely mm-hmm. pointless. Vacuous, yeah. As is much of this. Anyway, here's where it gets, I was going to say exciting. Eh, <laughs> here's where it gets something. Jenny browses at the mall and there she eats. She, she eats. <laughs> pizza? <laughs> yeah, she eats pizza. There she meets Billy Idol, except he's called Cal. <laughs> missed that completely <laughs> here we go no come on how could you miss that listen to this he's got short spiky white blonde hair he's got sky blue eyes he's got an ear piercing oh god that is him oh, i love billy, billy idol, idol as right? well it's billy idol oh my god that's a step up from meatloaf yeah i mean not to diss meatloaf but that's billy true. idol's fucking great he's still quite hot i think i mean i haven't seen that recently you fucking googler google, google billy such a idol. google monkey <laughs> billy idol now 
Google monkey. <laughs> Throw that out there. Like, that's Google totally monkey. fine. I don't know. Google Has beast? he had surgery? Has he? No. I think that's just photoshopped, isn't it? I don't know. I mean, his skin is not that smooth. No. He's definitely... He's quite hot, though, isn't he? I always quite fancied Spike at Buffy. Oh, of course you fucking did, yeah. Of course I fucking did. Excuse me. You didn't, you liar. Are you trying to say that Billy Idol looks like... He's trying to look like Spike at Buffy or Spike... No, obviously Spike is trying to look like Billy Idol. For one minute I was there. How dare you? You didn't fancy Angel, did you? Oh, my God. I so fancied Angel. Oh, yuck. Why? I had a poster. Yuck. He was not attractive. He's like a fucking wall. I don't really go for blondes. I'm always surprised sometimes that you do quite like that kind of American pretty boy footballer type. No. You do, because that guy out of the screen films looks like that as well. He's an American pretty boy footballer. You no. do like that. You do. Maybe when I was younger. No, you still do. You still do. Oh, I can't believe you fancied Angel. Obviously, I fancied Spike. He was the fanciable one. Mm-mm. Was he? I mean, he was kind of a dickhead. Yeah. But he awful. looked sexy. Uh, blonde. It's a real sticking point. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Like You're not going to fancy anybody in a robot Steinbook then. Yeah, fucking. I'm got glad. White blonde hair. Cow. Anyway, so Callie Idol, he also has um, a scar on his chin and black jeans and an Aerosmith t-shirt, and he smells of cinnamon. Oh my god! What the fuck? Does he smell of cinnamon? I've never met a person that smelled like cinnamon. I've met or a, nutmeg. I've met a cake that smells of cinnamon. <laughs> met a cake. <laughs> Can I please introduce you to my friend's cake? Um, no, I don't know. I've never met a person that smells of Why any herb. Why smell of cinnamon? Or when spice? was the last time you saw any kind of, even a perfume or like a male aftershave that has an, a scent of cinnamon? Cinnamon? Is he a baker? Why does he smell of cinnamon? Hint of turmeric. <laughs> what the fuck? I mean, I like the smell of cinnamon. I don't really want it as a perfume, though. Do you think Robot Stein's got like a sexual obsession with... Like the smell of spice. But it's not spice, it's specifically cinnamon. What does old smi- spice old, smell like? Old, spice. old smice. <laughs> old cinnamon. <laughs> cinnamon spice. It doesn't smell like cinnamon. Well, I mean, I think of an older like spice. some kind of like Bath and Body Works cinnamon body spray. Touch of like... dill. <laughs> Stop it, because it's only cinnamon. You know nobody smells like dill. No, what a ridiculous thing. I don't even know thing. what dill smells like, actually. So there we go. We've got Callie Idol who smells of cinnamon. Fine. So then Jenny's babysitting Eli again. Um, he's watching a clearly 18 rated horror film. Yeah, not allowed. He's 10. What the fuck? Well, he's, he's a robot, isn't he? So it won't go in. So it doesn't matter. No. But well, whichever well, This was the same in the last film that the kid, Donny, Donny Osmond, that's not his name, is it? Is that no. Right? <laughs> Danny Osmond, that's the guy's name. Oh, yeah, but not the kid. Not the, the kid. is called Danny Hahn. Even Donny as I Hahn. said the word, I was like, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> right. But that is the name. Yeah, Donny Osmond, he was watching Poltergeist, which is an 18. Yeah. Or I guess it's different ratings in America, isn't it? But it's not for kids anyway. Is this entire series propaganda against um, video nasties? Mary Whitehouse. Oh, my God, it is. She did it. Right. Robot is. Mm-hmm. I remember listening to um, that Mark Hermode went to the, I was going to say congressional, that's not right, some kind of legal hearing to um, lift the ban on, I think it was like Cannibal Holocaust or like some really violent horror film. And uh, after he did his testimony, they added more cuts. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Amazing. My like background, some 
brilliant person has made a playlist of over 400 videos of Mark Kermode's rants. And I, that's what I put on in the background. Like if I'm doing emails or whatever, I just put it on. His best one is the one about Sex in the City 2. That is good. Because it's entirely correct. And I am that angry about it as well. And I really like his entourage ones as well. Oh, I've not seen them. Oh, they're so good. There's some, I actually feel like, you know, you get a lot of, we talk about this a lot, like guys who are the kind of fake feminist guys, guys yeah. who walk around being like, but I'm a feminist, and then do and say the exact opposite. And they just want the like props of saying that they're a feminist and yeah. it's bullshit. I feel, I really like Mark Hubbard and I think he's the opposite. I've never heard him say that he's a feminist, but I've been obviously have listened to over 400 of his <laughs> reviews. And he, even 10 years ago, was criticising the portrayal of women in films and when it was sexist, and when it was bullshit, and he was portraying sexist behaviour. So in like Entourage or in like Superbad and films like that, and he's saying, oh, he talks about in um, Judd <laughs> Apatow films, mm -hmm. how it's always like schlubby loser guy and then the ridiculously hot accomplished woman and yeah. how you would never have that the other way around. No. You would never have this schlubby woman and this really sexy accomplished guy so yeah. why is it acceptable to have it that way why would this woman be interested in this man in any way yeah like it's just encouraging women to have these pathetically low expectations of men yeah <laughs> like, so i really rate him i think he's like you also fancy actual, him i also really fancy him and i just think he's like a male feminist but not a bullshit one. I hope one. he listens, and then next time you're on, like, He's not gonna listen. the Simon Mayo show. Well, do you know, this fucking does my head in, because I was on the Simon Mayo show, but I didn't know who Simon Mayo was. Sorry, Simon Mayo, if you ever hear this. But, and I didn't know who Mark Kermode was. I'd never heard them, didn't know who they were. I mean, he was very nice, and I enjoyed being on the radio with him, but I wish I had been a fan like I am now, because <laughs> I would have been, like, asking him about it and stuff, but I didn't know at the time. One day. Oh, well. One, one day. day. One day. Maybe I'll be back on one day. Although they don't do the book club anymore. Oh, sad. I know, it's a bummer. It's a bummer. Okay. <clears throat> so then she's babysitting Eli, who's watching this violent horror film, which he really shouldn't be watching. Um, and then, if you remember, in the first babysitter book, the calls that she kept getting said, Hi, babes. Company's coming. But then the phone rings again, and this time it says, Hi, babes. I'm back. <gasps> then Mr. Wexner comes back, unexpectedly. He's forgotten the tickets that oh, they needed right. for going out. Of course. So Jenny mentions that Eli's watching this film, and Mr. Wexner says, we really don't have much control over what he watches. Mate, you literally own the fucking TV. Turn it off. You own the TV. Turn it off. Throw it away. That kid does not own that TV. Yeah. He did not do any work to buy that TV. You do have complete control over what he watches. What the fuck are so you talking spoiled. about? So spoiled. So spoiled. So spoiled. But for the parents to be like, no, nah, we're not really in control. Oh, and you know. Oh, <laughs> yeah. you know. You oh, are kind of a little bit. Anyway, so then he, then he, then he, Jenny, goes to put Eli to bed. And he's feeding his tarantulas and reading a Stephen King book. Yeah, Stephen King again. Has everyone got their uh, Robert, Robert Stein, Stein bingo. bingo cards? Because we've had all of it. We've had double, not only have we white had blonde blonde. white blonde blonde, we've had two characters with white blonde, white blonde, blonde, blonde hair. hair. We've had Smelling Like Cinnamon. We've had Stephen King. We've had Child Watching a Horror Film. This oh is what God. we're doing now. Um, and also, Eli's horrible to her. He's a real shitbag. He's awful little um, kid. But although... Jenny thinks to herself, and she's like, oh, this... She doesn't say this kid's a shitbag, but she's like, oh, this child's really horrible. But I'm like, Dolly was horrible as well, and you thought it was cute. Yeah. 
he was equally a brat. Yeah, and, and she, she thought it was like was he's so in charming. Love with him. Like, no, he's not fucking charming. He's a dick. Yeah. Anyway, so then outside, Chuck is waiting. He's upset that she dumped him for quote no reason. However, Jenny, good on her, she says, um, actually, fuck. <laughs> there was a reason. Let's talk about it. Um, which I'm like, that actually makes sense. And I think it's quite good that he's like, you just dumped me for no reason. And she's like, well, here, let me lay out the fucking reason. Yeah, you've no idea what the word no means. Exactly. And also, I went through a massively traumatic experience. Yeah. Get the fuck away from me. Also, maybe I just don't like you. Don't touch me. Exactly. Go away, Chuck. Just go Go away. away. Go away, Chuck should be the title of this book. (laughs) Go away, Chuck. Fuck off, Chuck. Can I also just say that we've skimmed over a potential gay bit? Halfway? Yeah. Go on. Chuck's a good guy, Rick said, just to annoy Jenny. Then you go out with him, Jenny cracked. He's not my type, Rick said. No, I think that is actually the opposite. You think it's homophobic? I think it's homophobic because it's like, would be so inconceivable. He's like saying, oh, he's not my type because he's a man. And how funny would it be if I fancied a man? But it's not made. They don't make a big deal of it. No, that's true. I think even if it was just like, he's just not my type as a sort of like... Like like fake flirt thing. Mm. They're still at least alluding to the possibility of gay men. Yeah, maybe. Which is more than, apart from Bender. It's never happened before. That's true. I'm taking it okay. as queer Let's context. Let's do it. There's no other queer subtext, so we might as well have that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so then Chuck, fuckface, he grabs Jenny and he throws her on the ground and says, you'll be sorry. Phone the fucking police, but, yeah. Jenny. Phone Fuck the police. off, That's Chuck. assault. Fuck off. Like, he full-on pushes her and she hits the ground and hits her head. That is assault. I he's want a to, fucker. I want to date you so much, I'm going to throw you on the ground. I'm like, he's no. not sorry. I mean, it wouldn't be okay if he was sorry, but... Oh, oh I fucking hate him. I wish he did fall off a cliff. Ugh. Anyway, then Eli phones her at 2.30 in the morning. I just feel like this whole book is about Jenny being fucking tormented and pursued by spoilt males. <laughs> Shit males with no boundaries and no sense of respecting other people's consent yeah. or personal space. That's all it is through the whole thing. Yep. All these different men. The therapist touches her fucking shoulder, which he shouldn't do, and then chucks a fucking wanker. No, this kid so. is invading her personal life although i will say as well her mom isn't that much better because at some point um her mom tells chuck again where she is again and gives her no, him the number chuck. she tells her other friends right but she still shouldn't do that i'm they like did you not learn that. that from last time just, what are you doing don't tell people where she is i've just written oh my god mom stop telling fucking everyone stop where, telling she people where she is <laughs> yeah that was terrible um so anyway then she goes to a party with Callie idol um, and it's an actual party. Oh my god, like a real party. Like a real party with beer kegs and like people dry humping and everything. It's like <gasps> How an actual racy. Anyway, she doesn't really like it, but she's not that bothered either. Yeah. Um, but he's a bit embarrassed and so they leave and she snogs him. That's the lamest thing I've ever heard. What? Oh, people are kissing at this party and drinking beer. Let's go. I, just, I quite liked it because he like wants to be classy and he wants to like give her a classy time and then he's like there's all like morons at this party well yeah I quite okay all right I'll, he's I'll like let trying it. to impress her and i quite like him i'd stay at the party it sounds fun well does it i don't want to be a party where it's like fucking 
You like the fucking frat boy football boys. You I do. don't. You do. I actually hate them. I actually you hate just them. fancy them. Oh, no, I can't. Like, even football fans, like, I can't be around, like, men in big groups watching sports. Well, to me, that's what this party is. It's, like, idiots that can't open a beer keg and they're just humping. All right, fair enough. I wouldn't stay alone. Then they'd laugh like that. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> and they would say, rugger. <laughs> <laughs> If they were British, not if they were American. <laughs> anyway, so then Jenny keeps getting these creepy phone calls. She's having nightmares. She's seeing a therapist who, by the way, fucking gaslights her by saying that she's only imagining everything that's happening. Imagining the fucking phone calls. I also can't believe we haven't mentioned that he's called Dr. Schindler. Oh, yeah. Has he got a list? <laughs> Do you know there's an actual company called Schindler that makes lifts? I've noticed that. You wouldn't, surely. Anything else. Call it anything Are else. Are they doing it on purpose? They must be. It's bad. I've noticed that a few times. Because it's mostly in hotels and stuff, isn't yeah. it? Every time you go. <sighs> anyway, so Schindler's Lift offers her sleeping pills <laughs> for the second time. Yeah. Stop trying to push sleeping pills on her. Is this a clever comment about American over-prescription of drugs? So now we've said that Robot Statement is commenting on capitalism <laughs> and on the American medical system. And on men. And on men. No, of course he's, he's not. He's not doing any of these things. No. We are purely projecting. On the list, it didn't say how to get in um, critical, critical analysis <laughs> into YA books. <laughs> so I don't think so. So maybe not. Um, he also offers her extra sessions, which is like presented as if it's kind. But I'm like, therapy's not free. Yeah. It's just upselling you. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, you are so fucked up that you're imagining these phone calls. Let's have an extra session. Yeah. Only $500. Bargain. No. Oh, he's just trying to get in her pants. Oh, yuck. Yeah. She's like 16. Yeah. Yuck. Anyway, so then she goes and plays tennis with Claire, Rick, and Callie Idol, who she really fancies, by the way. Oh, my God. Who wouldn't? He does sound quite hot. Um, can I also say that we constantly hear about how Jenny doesn't have any money, but she has got two tennis rackets. So <laughs> she got that, that poor. <laughs> no, but why has she got two tennis rackets? I have no tennis rackets. <laughs> like I have zero you. tennis rackets. <laughs> Can't Jenny give me one of her tennis rackets? Not because you haven't, but we could go out. No! Go to Sports Direct or whatever it's called. How much is a tennis racket? 20 quid? I don't know. <laughs> it's not gold. It might be. I think only posh shows have got two tennis rackets you know how everyone okay is... everyone if you have multiple tennis rackets and you're not a posh show or a tennis instructor tell me because i don't believe it <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny you can know with a fucking tennis racket fucking posh show <laughs> you do what are you gonna play with a racket in each hand why have you got two okay <laughs> give one to the other person <laughs> situations just like this one <laughs> okay fine fine that's why she has to and then we have a see look also commenting on fragile masculinity because Callie Idol and Rick have a little as you say a tete-a-tete that's not what it is they have a, a fracas <laughs> what am I doing <laughs> clearly there's some kind of critical analysis itch that hadn't been scratched and I'm like applying it to this book so fracas to me now is always Jeremy Clarkson punching that guy for not bringing him a hot steak because that's what they kept referring to it as wasn't it a fracas rather than a fucking a workplace assault yeah, <laughs> yeah. <sighs> okay so they have a workplace assault over the <laughs> tennis net and they're like 
I'm gonna fucking beat you, not I'm gonna beat you. Oh really. my god. Like, use this as a site of having a dick swinging battle, <laughs> <laughs> playing swords with their cocks. Um, certainly not with their horribly expensive tennis rackets, no, which you'd not. be very careful with. Can't be breaking that. Um, <laughs> so then we've got Mrs. Wexner. Well, nothing really comes of any of these. This is why I'm going from scene to scene. That's what the book the, does. Unrelated. None of it has any consequence whatsoever. Um, then we're back to she's babysitting Eli. Basically, all the scenes are like she goes on a date with Callie Idol, and then she does some babysitting, and then she goes to therapy, and then a date, and then babysitting, and then therapy, and then a date, and then babysitting, and then therapy through the entire book. <laughs> so then we're back babysitting. Uh, Mrs. Wexner is not good. Um, <laughs> you okay, hon? What happens is that Jenny finds a dead tarantula in her bag. And not surprisingly, she thinks it's Eli because he has got pet tarantulas and he's yeah. always trying to, like, wind her up and prank her. So here we go. Here's a quote. Jenny tells her tells Mrs. Wexner about the spider. Mrs. Wexner, quote, holds her hands up to her face to show her surprise. I'm going to do that. So tell, tell me something surprising. Um, that cardigan's blue. <laughs> Gasp! <laughs> So I'm gonna start weird, doing that. I'm gonna start doing it. You look like um, 80s kids TV character Pob. Oh yeah. Who also looks like Michael Gove. So you did. You went a bit Govey. Thanks. <laughs> the best compliment you've ever given but me. But it's this like wide-eyed, oh, my word, sort of thing. Goodness me. <laughs> Golly. <laughs> um, and then she can't put her cup back in the saucer <laughs> for some reason. Why has no one got fine motor skills? I- are they all robots? Are they all bad yeah. robots? Oh, that'd be such a better book. That'd be an amazing twist. This is the story within the story. Um, also, yeah, just Eli, I'm saying it, he's clearly got emotions. Stop looking at your hair in the mirror. <laughs> I see you. <laughs> Eli clearly has emotional problems because he has this massive tantrum and then pretends to be dead. Like, literally lies on the floor with a pool of fake blood and pretends to be dead. This teenager should not be looking after him. No. He's challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, then Claire and Rick turn up because, as you said, Jenny's mom said she was there. Mrs. Stop Jenny, doing it, stop Mrs. It. Jenny. Don't do that. Um, Rick then tries to snog Jenny because, in this entire book, every male has to be a fucking predator, including the child. I don't know when the last time was that I heard the word snog. <laughs> I don't know why I've kept using snog. It's the worst. It's like how Captain Caveman kisses snog. Who's Captain Caveman? Captain Ca- Oh my god, Captain Caveman! Who's Captain Caveman? You can't just keep saying it. I don't know who <laughs> you it know, is. Captain no, Caveman. I don't know who it is. He's like a. Is he a Hanna Barbera cartoon? Like, I don't know. like a. I like a shag. Doing, um, I thought you were doing Alan Partridge again. <laughs> no, no. I shag to a whole woman, no Alan Partridge. A shag is how Captain Caveman has sex, and a snog is how Captain Caveman kisses. Oh, really? Oh, he basically is just a caveman. I want to sing the theme tune, but I also think it might be a different theme tune that I'm just putting the words Captain Caveman to in my head, so I'm not going to do it. Captain Caveman, he's a caveman. No, that's Captain Planet. <laughs> anyway, I'm just bewildered Rick by... fails to snog Jenny, yep. but it doesn't really matter because Eli then throws Claire down the stairs. What? Um, also... Can I just say, as a counterpoint to this, can we please stop saying that people who like horror films are in some way dangerous or weird? Yeah, they're not. Because Jenny's like, no wonder he threw her down the stairs. He likes horror films. I fucking love horror films. I'm a massive horror nerd, and I think I'm one of the least violent, aggressive people around. (laughs) (laughs) In this room, definitely. Like, I don't think I'm, like, a 
creepy person at no, all. No. I think I'm a very sweet, nice You're person. A teddy bear. I am a teddy bear and I love horror. Yeah. So I don't think these two things go together at all. It's like me. I, I can't write uh, stories in which any character is nice, but I think I'm quite a positive person. You're actually a very um, generous, open-hearted person, but you, all your characters are Shitheads. awful. Yeah. All your characters are so cruel and you're the opposite of that. It's like people who like Marilyn Manson were always the softest, gentlest, mm-hmm. like, lads in school, weren't they? But then they, they say that, um, and I, I'm i going to mention no names at all. I'm going to be really careful not to even suggest any specifics. But the people I've met who write very dark, violent crime books are very, very lovely, sweet, upbeat people. Hmm. And the people I've met who write perhaps more commercial, kind of chiclety type things are not... They tend to be more, um, I think, darker sold. <gasps> oh my god, hot take. That was a massive generalisation. It was. There are exceptions within each category, but um, I think generally if you get your dark side out on the page, you don't live it. Yeah, yeah, I think so Because you get it out. So anyway, can we please stop saying that? Um, also, <laughs> Jenny thinks that Wuthering Heights is romantic, which explains a lot. Yeah, I kind of do though as well. What? Are but you like, in, I, me? like applying my adult brain to it, I know it's not. But like in my soul, I guess she is a teenager. I still but love you it. No, it's not romantic. Though. I know. It's a controlling, awful relationship. Yeah, I, I know. But he's still quite hot. Yeah, but he can be hot. But it's not a romantic story. Yeah. Okay. Like Spike from Buffy's hot. I don't think that his plot line with Buffy is romantic though. <laughs> I think it's like traumatic. Yeah. And it's like them feeding off each other's trauma. That's true. Similarly, it's a bit Twilight, isn't it? Yeah. No, Twilight's way worse. Let's not even do that. You anyway. Named, you nicknamed our daughter after the Loch Ness Monster? <laughs> <laughs> and then they've got like the weird CGI baby. I haven't seen it. I've seen um, Anyway, then she catches Eli making prank calls. And then she meets Callie Idol in an empty car park at night. Why? Oh, stop it. You Which is exactly like a nightmare that she's had previously, but See, if someone said to me, oh, yeah, let's go out. I'll meet you in this empty car park at night. I'd be like, mm, no. maybe not. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll meet you somewhere else. Has she never read a true... I was going to say, has she never read a true crime book? She's fucking lived a true crime book. She's in one, book. yeah. Why would she do that? And then, weirdly, the therapist is there. The lift is there. <laughs> Schindler's lift. So, basically, they're all suspects. Um, but they all have no apparent motive. Mm. Uh, Callie Idol even points this out. Like, nobody... You know, she's like, it's... It could be Chuck or it could be so-and-so. And he's like, yeah, but none of them have any motive. Jenny becomes convinced that it's the therapist. Yeah. Because he's the only one who knows the details, except Chuck knows the details. Except, listen to this. She says, no, no, it can't be Chuck because he's nice. And he wouldn't do that. Except he would literally throw her on the ground. And she knows that he's a shithead He's literally violent and possessive. Why would he not do this? Her character is very inconsistent. Mm-hmm. In how she thinks about Chuck. Yeah. It's quite annoying. Almost like. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. book was written quickly without really <laughs> thinking. He didn't about read it through. Anyway, I feel like, I know it's obvious that Chuck is a red herring, but I feel like if this was real and I was really loving it, I it would, would be Chuck. It would be Chuck. Yeah. Of course it would be. I would have had him arrested by now. Of course you would. So here we go. Who do you think it is? It could be Callie Idol. It could be the therapist. It could be Eli. It could be Chuck. It could be Dead Han. <gasps> Weirdly, she doesn't suspect Mrs. Han, which I would, because I know it wasn't Jenny's fault that Mr. Han died, but 
Unhinged a bit, yeah. I would think she was a suspect, but uh, we uh, have only male suspects. I would have put um, money on Schindler's lift. Oh, really? Yeah. Why would he do that, though? Just, I don't know. Why would anyone? So, well, <laughs> it's a crapshoot, isn't it? I mean, it would make sense why Chuck would. Yeah. Not in a good way. But no, but it, he it, seems it, like the type. The therapist seems too thick to do anything like that. Yeah. He's all right. Divvy. Well, Kirsty, who is it? I'll tell you. I'll tell you in a minute. So she decides to tell the doctor she's going to set a trap for him. She doesn't tell him she's going to set a trap. <laughs> she's going to set a trap for him. So she's going to tell him that she's going to the rock quarry where Mr. Hahn died to confront her fears. Um, but instead she goes with Callie Idol and he <gasps> hides behind a pile of rocks. Anyway, it turns out... Could it be Callie Idol? Could it be the therapist? Could it be Eli? Could it be Chuck? Could it be Dead Han? It's Miss Gurney. The receptionist. The receptionist. For no fucking reason For at no all. For no fucking reason. Except well, here's... No, here's the reason. Oh, you're going to tell us the reason. Yeah, here's her reason. Um, why, Jenny cried, still stunned at the identity of a pursuer. Yes, aren't we all? Mm. Um, why have you been doing this to me? You can't have him, Miss Gurney said in her hoarse voice. Oh, sorry. You can't have him. <laughs> You can't, have you, you can't have him. She stopped advancing on Jenny and put her hands on her wide hips. What? I don't understand. You can't have him, Miss Gurney repeated. You can't have Schindler's lift. <laughs> <laughs> and then essentially she's like, you have lots of boyfriends. You have everything, don't you? The pretty hair, the nice clothes and the boyfriends. I know. I listen to the tapes. They'll tell me everything. There's no reason. There's no reason it should be her. Well, I have two issues with this. Well, many issues. Here's my two main issues. Number one. So she's jealous of Jenny's pretty clean hair and nice clothes. Now, the only clothing that she ever comments on is a tie-dye t-shirt. Oh, well, we is would that all kill. what we're jealous of? For a tie-dye t-shirt. Of also, I'm like, you're jealous of her clean hair. You could just wash her, your clean hair. Clean your hair, get hair You could just wash your hair and buy a tie-dye t-shirt if it bothers you that much. It very easily solved. You can even make one. You can make a tie. I made a tie-dye t-shirt in the 90s. <laughs> In a bucket in the Last garden. Last week, didn't you? <laughs> I do want to marble paper. Which oh, is yeah. kind of similar. I remember doing that. Um, also, uh, Miss Gurney says that she did the tarantula in the bag and all the, cr- the prank calls because, quote, I just wanted you to know that I knew you were up to. How does any of that tell, tell Jenny yeah. that she knows what she's up to? She only knows now because she's saying. She could literally she have just, just said, said to her, I know what you're up to. And that's how you tell someone that you know what they're up to. Yeah. You don't put a fucking spider in their bag. What does that... How... Is she, what? <laughs> <laughs> I just witnessed the breaking of a person by a <laughs> fucking plot that makes no sense. <laughs> That was incredible. I was doing all right there. And then I was just like, I can't. Just can't. You just can't do it anymore. (laughs) This is what happens when you talk about these books at half past four on a Friday. You just can't do it anymore. You lose it. Okay. That's that's the point I'm at with the year. I I just keep losing it with everything. Right. Anyway, we're not even at the end of the book. Because then, don't forget Callie Idol. He leaps out from behind his rock. Um, but remember what happened at the end of the last book I've written here so many people reaching out of giant holes no not even because what happens is he leaps out but then Miss Gurney ducks and he goes over the cliff just like just like Mr Hardy this is why we don't hang around cliffs because if somebody ducks you'll just go straight over right over the edge 
Um, anyway, now the quarry is full of water, so he climbs out, but Miss Gurney pulls Jenny in. But then Callie Ida rescues Jenny. And then we end on a stupid quip. fucking quip, which, P.S., is out of character. Yep. Because Callie Idol doesn't quip. Nope. He doesn't do quips for the entire rest of the book. And now he makes a stupid fucking joke about how they're going to go to the cinema and watch Night of the Living Dead. Aww. It's a stupid quip. That wasn't me doing Night of the Dead, although I really it it sounded like it. And it doesn't make sense. Um, yeah, it's, it's bad writing. Similarly, here is some bad writing for you. Please. Uh, dark as death. And then on the same page, dark as death. Oh. And then on the same page again, cold as death. No! Oh. <laughs> Um, another line, her rage makes her strong. Ooh, and here's my favourite. Hulk. <laughs> she's Hulk. <laughs> and then here's Hulky Jeffers. <laughs> that's what we've always called her. Um, and here's my favourite one. Oh my god, it's so bad. <clears throat> so many things reminded her of other things. <laughs> it's like hot as a hot closet. <laughs> This closet is as hot as a hot closet. So many things reminded her of dot, dot, dot. Other things. What things? Oh, just other. Just other other things. Other things that they're not. Oh, my word. Wow. Oh, God. Okay, so what have we got? I don't think we've got any stupid names, really. We've got 90s things, because we've got rap cassettes. (laughs) At the shop that's called Blasters. Rap Rap cassettes. cassettes. (laughs) I think I've still got a rap cassette. (laughs) We've also got Def Leppard. Oh, yeah. Surely the finest Sheffield-based one-armed drummer of all time. Yeah, definitely the best I can think of. <laughs> for sure. And Aerosmith, as you yes. mentioned. And also Eli has a BMX. Oh, yeah. Um, also, Jenny reads both Sassy and Seventeen magazine, oh, which word. is a tripler. US things, 90s things, and fashion things. Oh, yeah. Right? We do have some fashion. We have a grey skirt with a white high-necked blouse. Mm-hmm. Cal wears black straight-legged jeans and an oversized short-sleeved Hawaiian shirt. Mm-hmm. And Jenny wears, at one point, a green t-shirt over an orange sleeveless t-shirt over white tennis shorts. Yeah, what the fuck is that? <laughs> what is that? Can we that just go like... over that again? Picture this in your head. A green t-shirt. Uh, also, can I also say, if that is over an orange, orange sleeveless, sleeveless t-shirt, t-shirt, how you can you even see, see the orange sleeveless t-shirt? <laughs> sleeveless t-shirt? And then over white tennis shorts. That is potentially the most 90s outfit there's ever been. Also, we can't even do all the fashion because the shape and colour of every single thing that Jenny wears, including her night clothes, is mentioned. Which is, of course, very relevant to the plot. Filling pages. Robots time. Filling pages. Do we ever too stupid to live heroin? We've forgotten Eli's Turtle Power t-shirt and green spandex shorts. Oh, I'm pretty sure I had that. Oh, did you? Oh, sorry. (laughs) I was too busy picturing it. Right, what have we got? I had a Thomas the Tank... When I was at uh, Playgroup, which is like pre-nursery, I had a... There's a picture of me wearing a, like, flannel Thomas the Tank Engine set. Mm. And I said to my mum, why the hell did you let me wear that? And she said, you made me wash it every night. I had a wide variety of outfits that had matching hairbands. <laughs> I can imagine that. Like the kind of thick fabric Alice bands kind of thing. But it, So it would be like leggings and a jumper and a, an Alice band that all matched. But I had multiples of all of them. I love what kids wear. It's so stupid. <laughs> okay. I like Jenny in this book. Yeah. I'm going to say, when I clearly was desperate for something to analyse... 
I read this book as somebody in the aftermath of trauma. Like it really focuses on her trauma. Um, she blames herself a lot. She says that her breakup with Chuck was her fault. She says to herself, I hurt him, he hates me. I hurt him, he hates me. I hurt him, he hates me. She says it like over and over in a kind of OCD way mm. that's not healthy, I don't think. And also, no, it's not your... F- you. I mean, yeah, you hurt him, but he's a shitty brat man and he yeah. needs to get a grip. Yeah, and he hurt People you. People break up with each other. Physically. Exactly, and you never physically hurt him. Um, she also dreams that she's telling Mr. Han that it wasn't her fault. So then, like on some level, she feels like it is her fault then or she suspects that it is her fault because otherwise she wouldn't like have those dreams right Mm. and also she says she likes Claire as a friend because she like doesn't joke around and it says Jenny doesn't feel like playing around now oh yeah oh that is really good so I actually like her I feel like it's actually quite sad if you think about it that way that she's this child that's dealing with this trauma and like everyone around her is really not helping oh pardon me I don't even know what that was (laughs) Um, if you take away the shit ending, it is the best Robert Steinbuck, Robert Steinbuck so. we've read so far. Yeah, apart from that ending, it is good, I think. And the fact that there's no Cleo killer and he's just shoved one in. It would have actually been way creepier if it was the therapist, because then it's like... You can't trust anyone. You can't trust anyone and nobody can help her with this trauma. Mm, let's do that the rewrite. That would be even worse. I think that would be way better. She rewrite all of these. Yeah. Make the endings better. Okay, sexy sociopath. I quite fancy Cal. Maybe it's just because I'm seeing him as Billy Idol slash Spike from Buffy. He's not a sociopath, though. He's not. He's way better than Chuck. Yeah. Um, so he takes Jenny away from the party that she doesn't like. Mm-hmm. And then when they're in the car, she says, pull over the car. And he does it right away. Oh, he's the nice guy. I think he's nice. Yeah, let's have him then. Yeah. And also, she kisses him. Because, because she wants it. So they're going home from this party and they're in the car and she suddenly goes, pull the car over. And he doesn't go, no, or why. He just pulls the car over right away because she said to. And she wanted him to pull over so she could snog him. <gasps> it's quite a good scene. Yeah. I was like, yes, girl. So she like takes control with him and she really fancies him, which I don't feel like she really fancied Chuck. Like even in the no. first book, she never like looked at Chuck lustfully. Whereas when they were playing tennis, she's like looking at, Callie Idol being like, Fwoah. I love a bit of that. <laughs> um, muscles. Yeah. <laughs> he's so hunky. Uh, do so we... I actually think he's quite a healthy partner for her. For Let's once. see if she's still with him in A Babysitter 3. Three. Mm. Death toll? Zero. Yeah, I thought so, yeah. Because Mrs. No, Miss What's Her Chops doesn't she die She gets arrested, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, queer subtext, potential mm, gay well, comment. I feel like not. you're being generous with oh. that, but okay. Is it good though? I mean, I quite liked it, actually. 75% of it is passable. I was, mm, I think four is maybe a bit generous. I would give it a three, though, which for Robot Stein, I think, it's, is yeah, generous. It's a practically a 12. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd... Mm, do I want to give it a four? So I would give it three and a half. Okay, let's... Are we doing halves now? Fine, well, okay. Yeah. You <laughs> give it a three, I'll give it a four, okay, and then, then on average it'll be three average and a half. Out, okay. yeah. uh, is it good, bad? I don't think so. Or the end's shit. Yeah, or the end's stupid. The end's just lazy, though. It's the exact same ending as the last fucking book, but yeah. it doesn't make any sense. Yes. It's just stupid. I'm going to give it a two for good, bad. Yeah. Okay, then. Maybe even a... Nah, two. Yeah. Because it's got the ending. Yeah. I thought it was uh, quite good, which yeah. is surprising. Yeah, we. Uh, it floored me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and what if are we doing next time, if you're doing Read Along with Teenage Scream? We're doing The Cheerleader by... 
teenage scream fave, Caroline B. Cooney. Oh, love a bit of CBC. Yes. Um, where can people get us, Kirsty? They can find us on Twitter at Teenage Scream underscore and on Instagram at Teenage Scream Pod. And you can also help support the podcast by going to patreon.com slash Teenage Scream Podcast and giving us... If you give us $5 a month, you'll get an extra podcast a month where we talk about Christopher Pike uh, and mm-hmm. hate him and other things. And we're going to be doing Goosebumps soon. We are. We're do- So currently we're doing Terror Academy and after that it's going to be some Goosebumps. Yeah. Um, which I'm actually looking forward to. Yep. And we actually invest all that money back into the podcast. We do, yes. So we use it to like get mics Keep going and pay for hosting and stuff like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.